Welcome to The Hard Way with Anvil T&D, where three Australian veterans cover everything physical and mental health, business, education, and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenge themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now, here are your hosts, Dan, Marshall, and Nathan. Beware the dark humor and enjoy the podcast. Okay, welcome to the Anvil podcast, the hard way. Yeah, welcome to the TV podcast. Uh, this episode, we're talking about another article that Marshall wrote yep. called Learn to Walk Before You Run and Then Just Walk Again. Um, so, do you want to tell us what this is about, Marshall? Yeah, uh, basically, I wrote this article uh, to highlight the, uh, the issues with uh, trying to get people to exercise, basically. Um, there's been any number of studies done on the benefits of exercise. I mean, most people, if you ask them, you know, if you said to somebody just on the street, is exercise good for you? They're going to say yes. Mm. Like, it's pretty rare that someone is going to tell you no. Exercise is going to have a negative impact on it's their generally life. generally biased if they are. Yeah. And I mean, if they do say that, I mean, you could ask them why, but the chances are they're probably not very well educated around, you know, health and fitness. But... It's, there's no point arguing the benefits of exercise. I mean, we know staying active uh, basically just makes you live longer. I mean, we can talk about uh, your cardiac system, how it affects your heart, uh, how it can affect bone density, so resistance training on uh, preventing things like osteoporosis. Um, most heart conditions are related to uh, obesity. You know, it can play a part in preventing type 2 diabetes. You know, there's... Uh, just an enormous list of things that exercise is very good at stopping, right? It's like the cure-all drug that <laughs> nobody wants to fucking take. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I wrote this article because I, um, I came across some statistics uh, for the United States that said that this generation of kids is the first generation to have a shorter life expectancy than their parents mm. and their mm. grandparents. So, uh, basically what we're seeing is a generational trend that kids are going to die earlier than their parents are, you know, earlier age, probably yeah. not, um, <laughs> purely because of, uh, lifestyle, lifestyle choices, yeah. you know, which, uh, I mean, in the U S we can clearly see the correlation between obesity yeah. and a shorter life expectancy. And there's just a higher percentage of childhood obesity than there ever has been. But we're based in Australia and I think we have one of the highest obesity statistics in the world. We do, yeah. So, the, I mean, it, it's not that big of a stretch to expect that we have a pretty similar statistic mm. that if we continue the way we're going and, I mean, it's a parental responsibility if parents continue the way they're going uh, with the examples that they set for their kids and the expectations that they have for their children around health and well-being, uh, that the kids are going to end up with a shorter life expectancy and they're going to develop health problems earlier and they're going to end up relying on some kind of health care rather than taking active steps to be healthier mm. for the rest of their life. So I wrote this article basically to highlight that, saying, you know, hello, everyone, we're headed in a fucking shit direction. Um, but also on some measures on how you can begin to implement exercise into your daily life. Well, yeah, I think that's what I liked about this article, which had to be split into two because you wanted to uh, 
<laughs> I just keep talking. Too many yeah, words. An absolute rampage. Can't stop, yeah. won't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I hate fat kids. I want to say about fat kids. Well, yeah, and uh, it pisses me off because it's the parents' fault. <laughs> what, so what I do like about it, though, is that it's not like you need to go to the gym seven, six, seven days a week. You need to start lifting all these Pumping weights iron. and doing all these crazy stuff. It's like, yeah. you know. Get on and the cross trainer. The, yeah, and, uh, it's in the title. 80 minutes in the elliptical followed yeah. by... Yeah, so it's not necessarily 30 burpees every hour for yeah. the CLR. solution is in the title. It's just, just try and start walking. Yeah. Yeah, but are you, you're not specifically talking about walking... Are you talking about just start slow at the gym or anything? Like a start, little, a little bit of both, really. Yeah. Walking is um, good, but yeah, and so also just start really. I do talk about um, both of those things basically. Yeah. So um, walking is great because ninety nine percent of people can do it. Mm. Right? It's there's nothing. I mean, ninety nine percent of people do it every single day. Mm. Uh, you walk to the car, you walk to the fridge, whatever. Um, so it's not a huge stretch of the imagination to imagine that somebody could probably do it a little bit more, you mm. know. So uh, the premise that I talk about in this article is, um, well, I'll start with common misconceptions of exercise yeah. just because that's the way the article runs and it ties in with what Dan was saying before is um, people, when they... Generally, when people think of exercise, they think they need to be uncomfortable, you know, um, and usually that's why people avoid exercise in the first place, mm-hmm. because their experience with exercise up until that point has not been a pleasant time. Yeah. You know, as you're growing up, um, either you excelled at sports or you didn't, and the people that excelled at sports are in the minority, you know, they're just naturally gifted or they've got the right proportions or they're just those people that come from active backgrounds and they like that sort of thing. Mm. But... As a child, you know, you might have one PE class every two to three days yeah. and the rest of your life is filled with maths and English and all this other shit. And then you're expected to be active after school or on the weekends. Maybe your school says you have to play sport. Maybe it doesn't. But the relationship with um, with activity is uh, it's not nearly as cultivated as the relationship with, say, mental activity. Mm. So, you know, you're, the kids are also given all this fucking homework to do. They're, you know, they're also overloaded with stimulation from things like TV and iPads and games and all this sort of stuff. So the draw to go outside and, and play a sport, whatever, is not as uh, strong as playing the video games mm. or, you know, you're just so fucking tired from doing all this work for school that you don't want to be active anymore. So mm. it's easy to see why people develop a bad relationship with exercise mm. because they don't do it very much and then when they do do it, everything it hurts, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's, I mean, that is one of the impacts of exercising, especially if you push yourself hard, is you know, maybe you don't do it very often and then you go to the gym. I mean, people that start those, you know, I'm going to get fit for fucking New Year's resolution. You know, my New Year's resolution this year is going to be I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and they do it for the first two months and everything is in so much pain. (laughs) They're just reinforcing that fucking, um, that thing in their brain that says, no, exercise is is bad. Yeah, Yeah. this is too hard. This is going to hurt me for the rest of my life. Why am I even bothering? Um, So one of the common misconceptions that I talk about is that no pain, no gain sort of thing. You know, Mm. you you can't possibly get anywhere. There's no point to the exercise unless it hurts. And then on the flip side, every time my exercise hurts anyway, so I'm just going to avoid it. Um, And so you sort of get into this, this mindset of, 
I know that exercise is good for me, but the benefits are so hard to see and the pain is so very real and I, you know, I feel it almost instantly that you're basically teaching yourself mm. to avoid it. Um, and that tends to be because people feel like they have to go too hard too soon, you know, or it is one of those situations like a New Year's resolution where you just right from the get-go, you're going, oh, I'm going to change my life. So I need to do, like you said, six days a week in the gym mm. or, you know, these exercise programs that are huge, drastic changes to what you would normally do with your life. And when has that ever worked for fucking anyone, really? You know, it's the same with diet. You know, people want to change their diet, so they go, oh, I'm going to be vegetarian for the next six months. And they don't stick to it because it's so different to eating Maccas every three days or mm. whatever it might be. But, yeah, I, I basically talked about how we need to change the approach from, uh, you know, you have to be uncomfortable to see results to why are we not trying to build a habit for these people? So the article talks about how we can use walking specifically mm. to retrain your brain to see exercise in a more positive light so that you can eventually go on and exercise however you want to yeah. more regularly. Yeah. And I think um, the kind of image that the fitness industry creates of what is worthwhile fitness yeah. doesn't um, you know, mesh with a lot of people. And yeah. that's why, you know, a lot of people are saying now that the fitness industry is kind of broken. You've it got, is, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, a lot of, you know, basically snake oil yeah. approaches to just Quick getting... Fixes. Yeah, just squeezing money out of people for six to 12 weeks and yeah. then, you know, so long goodbye. Um, yeah. Maybe once a year when that uh, New Year's resolution <laughs> yeah, comes January around. January rolls around. And because, yeah, um, worthwhile fitness to a lot of people or a lot of people in the fitness industry or even just some is... You know, you got to lose weight and look good yeah. and all this stuff, whereas the benefits of um, exercise don't have to be that you look sick. They just need to be – they might bring your, bring, sorry, your blood pressure down yeah. or your heart rate, um, that you can breathe easier. Easy to sleep. Easy to sleep. Yeah. Like those are the benefits that truly matter. Yeah. Um, if your you want to look – Your arteries aren't, aren't strained all the well, time. Well, yeah, and, you know, you reduce chance of all these diseases and, you know, there's no debating that they do that. Um, mm. And that's the benefits that you should be – the people – should look at the, yeah. uh, the positives, not, oh, I don't have abs after a few weeks yeah. of doing crunches for 10 yeah. minutes a day. So this whole fitness thing's just not for me. Yeah. <laughs> this 10-minute ab, yeah. it's not working. Yeah. yeah, what's going on? I hate it. Yeah, the things that matter, and that's, you know, and we the article is saying, you know, building habits and just doing little things to improve. Yeah. Um, that's the benefits you, you want to look at. Yeah. yeah. Don't think, you don't have to think, oh, I need to ten, walk 10 minutes a day and in yeah. six weeks I need to be 10 kilos lighter. Mm. That's not how to measure the improvements here. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we can look at, I like to look at uh, training as like learning a new language, basically. Mm. I think that's one of the, or learning an instrument. I think that's one of the best comparisons you can make. Uh, because training is unnatural for a lot of people, you know, um, and I covered it a little bit earlier, but in the article, I literally say that uh, it's very hard to be motivated to exercise when just sitting on the couch feels so good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, it feels amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I've built this relationship in my head that says, if you go out there and you, have, you go for that run, your legs are going to hurt tomorrow. Mm. If you sit on the couch... Your legs are yeah, not sure. going to hurt. And I can see that in my head I've built this direct correlation between exercise equals pain, sitting on the couch equals no pain. 
But if I said, if I went up to someone in the street and I said, what would you say if I could extend your life? Guaranteed, 100%, (laughs) I have the solution, right? Chances are, unless they are clinically depressed, (laughs) they will probably say yes, you know, so avoiding veterans. Yeah, please no. Please anything. The average human being. more life. Yeah. yeah, The average human being is going to go a longer life. Yeah. So you might be able to interact with your kids better, you know, you'd be able to relate to them more. This is all sounding like a pretty good deal. What's the catch? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. well. The catch is you have to exercise. Yeah. <laughs> go, ah, uh, back uh, to the couch for me. Yeah, yeah uh, because they, you know, we know, we already know that exercise gives you all these things. Yeah. They're all great things, but they don't rock up until fifty or sixty years yeah. in the future. You know, for most people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, especially if you're training for general health and well-being, like Dan's saying. You know, the real benefits to exercise are not the looking good or the PR in the gym. Those, those are the things that give you very quick gratification. That's Mm. like, um, that's more hobbyist as well. Yeah. So hobby level stuff you'll, and maybe you want to compete or maybe like as a strength in strength sports, maybe you, you're training in the gym or doing exercise because you are an AFL player or, you know, you play footy or something like this. Um, so, in those situations, you find people are more likely to exercise regularly because they've got external motivators. They can mm. clearly see the correlation between regular exercise and feeling better when they run out on the footy field. Or, But for these people that just need the longer life, they just need to their heart to feel better and they need things like, oh, my fucking low, lower back hurts all the time. I can cure that mm. <laughs> with exercise. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but they aren't making the connection between sitting in their office chair all day, their back starts hurting. They don't relate that to not training. Mm-hmm. They relate that to sitting in their chair. So it's very hard to see that connection between, uh, you know, an hour's worth of exercise a day and my lower back pain going away because mm-hmm. those things aren't directly correlated in most people's minds. Mm-hmm. So it can be really hard to swing people on regular exercise as even when, you know, the benefits are very clearly, yeah. uh, they're great uh, because there's not a lot of immediate results. You know, it's, it's, and that's why the fitness industry is bigger than ever now. But what I would say is it's failing because the fitness industry's job is to help people get healthier and fitter. But if the obesity statistics are higher than ever in the country that probably has the biggest fitness industry in the world, the United States then the fitness industry is fucking up. They must Mm. be doing something wrong. Mm. If obesity is going up and fitness industry as a whole is going up, what are they doing? But when you say the fitness industry is going up, is that... It's bigger. They're making more money money in it. Yeah. But that's... yeah. There's something wrong here where people are just (laughs) taking people's money and not actually giving them the... And there's there's a level of like, yeah, you have to make a living out of anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, they still have to make money. But, you know, there's... It's like, you know, you see what the YouTube commercials you were looking at earlier. Some just absolute garbage people trying to sell. Like, you'll lose fat by just placing this cold fucking square thing on your stomach. Legit. That was the pitch. It was was the pitch. reverse microwave your belly and you will get shredded. What is it? They use the term reverse microwave and are selling these things. It's like a fat freezer. Yeah. And this is it bullshit. Fre- like, it freezes your fat. And it, it freezes just, your like, fat cells. Yeah, Does it just melt now, off you? The latest edition has no cord, <laughs> so you can wear it anywhere. I could wear it right now. You could wear it right now and you be just burning it. fat and off can, your stomach. Yeah, yeah. Shit. So that's legitimately amazing. fuck those guys <laughs> yeah. because and 
I mean, this is a this is a double sided coin here. Like, um, on one side of the coin, you've got the fitness industry filled with a bunch of people that need to support their fucking kids mm. and pay for their nice houses or whatever it might be. You know, they need to make money. And I mean, we we live in a capitalist society for most of us, Australia and the US primarily. Um, so. You know, things are driven by the bottom line. You know, our business wouldn't work unless we made money. We can't just run everything on a hope and a dream. But at the same time, there's a responsibility for the general population to have a better understanding of what they're trying to achieve in the gym. You know, because most of the people that walk into the gym or want to start exercising regularly are either doing it because they looked in the mirror and they don't like what they see. Mm. Which is fair. Which is fair. fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. Or maybe their doctor said, you're too fucking fat. Mm. You need to start doing something about it. But usually the gym is not as appealing as, say, a a diet or another fat, you know, something else that they think is going to give them quicker results. Well, it's the kind of, it's the easy way. And that's how all those, you know, uh, cheap, basically just gibberish uh, methods work that people, they try and sell you is they don't do anything, but they offer their kind of like why it attracts because it's quick it's like you can just do this no effort and you'll get what you want it's that instant gratification again yeah that's exactly right and that's why um i that's basically another reason why i wrote this article is um i wanted to reframe exercise for people because you know as an individual regardless of who you are you have a responsibility to look after yourself you know it's not the doctor's job to keep you healthy the doctor's Mm. there to tell you what's going on in Mm. your body because you're not as qualified as that person to read all these signals and the aches and pains whatever but if you're not doing your absolute best to take care of yourself you shouldn't be fucking surprised if you're getting pain and Mm. and sickness and all this stuff so as a part of the general population, you should be aware of the benefits of exercise and then you should be putting steps in place to take advantage of, you know, fucking doing something regularly that could literally save your life. Um, so that's why I say it's, you know, double-edged sword. There's, it's, a you know, two sides to the same fucking coin is the fitness industry are on one side promoting all these fucking quick fixes, but they're promoting them because that's what works mm. for them. You know, that's what's making the money. It's what people are paying for. Yeah. You know, as a general population, people aren't going, oh, yes, I'd like uh, the 10-year long gym membership, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because I know that I should be working at this stuff for the next 10 years. Yeah. They're walking They're walking in and going, I'd like to sign up for your six-week challenge. I want my, I want my changes in six weeks, mm. please, or less, you know, mm. ideally. I want to see them every week. <laughs> Whereas as a fitness professional, and especially if you're honest with yourself, you should know that the real benefits from health and well-being, especially exercise, come over a period of a very long time. Mm. You know, so you ideally we're setting people up to exercise for the rest of their life. It's not something that you do for six weeks and then you just don't do again until next yeah. January. And hope for the best. You have to be doing this stuff forever because that's the catch. The catch to the longer life and the feeling better and not getting sick all the fucking time and not spending as much time in the doctor or not spending as much time in pain is literally like 45 minutes a day of effort. So, and for the rest of your life, there's no six or 12 week solution. And I mean, people need to stop demanding the short term stuff so that the fitness industry stops supplying the short-term stuff. Yeah. Um, And I guess that's what you're kind of doing here with clients is teaching them how to work out, not 
That's what just, we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So they and can, if like at some point, they can go off on their own and know how to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And and do it safely, and mm. so they stay healthy, so that they're not just training for six months and then getting an injury, or training for six months doing their competition and not doing it again. They go, oh, I'm done with that. No. Yeah. It's kind of the um, teach men a fish instead yeah. of yeah. a fish kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the analogies have been around for thousands of years. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I go on to say in the article that if you, uh, if you're one of those people that, so when you ask somebody the question, oh, why don't you exercise? The most common response is I don't have time. time yeah. You know, it might be something else. You might get somebody like, oh, I used to squat until I got that knee injury. That Took pesky, knee, yeah, yeah, that pesky knee injury has taken me out of the fitness game. Or, oh, no, no, I can't, I can't go to the gym. This is a good one that I've actually heard a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I can't get back in the gym because of, you know, the pain in my lower back. I've got to wait for that, my lower back to get better before I start exercising again. Yeah. Or, oh, no, my shoulder, I've got to wait for this stuff to get better. All of these things that are generally coming from poor posture or, but all of this is related to not training. Yeah. So, they're, they're waiting for a time to train when all the stuff that training would fix uh, magically gets better. (laughs) So it's this self-defeating cycle where they're constantly waiting and they go, oh, no, my knee hurts. I can't possibly go for that walk or, you know, get in the gym. But the knee's not going to stop hurting until you fucking go to the gym. Mm. So we need to find a way to get people out of that, I don't have time, I can't do it because I'm hurt. And the way that I proposed in the article is by treating it like you would if you were trying to learn an instrument or if you were trying to uh, speak a new language, basically, which is, and it's a scientifically proven proven method, is to do a little bit every single day to make it a part of your daily life, basically. So, um, And the best way, I think, to do that is with walking. So um, I propose that you spend 10 minutes a day going for a walk. And I thought the best way to do that would potentially be after a meal. So most people, once they eat, tend to uh, go into a food coma mm-hmm. state. I think that's pretty common. Most people, especially if you overeat, I mean, we do it all the time. You eat a shitload of food, <laughs> butter chicken, mm. collapse on the couch, the couch you know, <laughs> and zone out. And what you're doing with that process is just teaching your brain that eat food and then shut, shut yeah. down. And then that's you don't have energy or you feel like you don't have energy because you've re- you're reinforcing over and over again that as soon as you eat, everything shuts down. So my solution to that issue is uh, you, I mean, everyone's got a lunch break every single day uh, for the most part. Oh, that's probably elitist of me to say that. <laughs> but if you, I mean, if you fit into the part of the population that says, I don't have time to train or I don't have time to exercise, and you spend a lot of time at a desk. That's sort of the people that I'm targeting here because they are usually the ones that turn around and say, oh, no, no, I just don't have time. Your job probably gives you a period of time during the day to eat, you know, have a break. Um, even if it doesn't give you a full lunch hour or something, you've probably got a coworker that goes out for a durry for 10 minutes every fucking, or a smoke cigarette every, uh, for 10 minutes every hour. You know, that's like, a whole hour during the day that this person is taking off that you are not getting, you can fill that same time with a 10-minute walk 
right? So a simple solution to building a habit can be eat your lunch, walk outside for five minutes in the fresh air, and then turn around and walk back. And you're doing 10 minutes more exercise every single day than you would have been doing before. Mm. Um, Now, the trick to this particular um, method is that you need to do it every single day. It can't be just business days and it can't be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, we've seen for long enough that um, building a habit does not happen every third day of the week Mm. or, you know, your body does not respond to, it doesn't wake up in the morning and go, oh, fuck, it's Monday. It wakes up in the morning and goes, I'm awake at this time Mm. and it just goes about its normal shit. Your brain might be going, fuck Mondays, but your body is just doing what it's told, you know, so your body doesn't learn to change its, you know, integral habits unless you stimulate it the same way regularly, so every single day. Um, So the best way to implement walking as exercise is to take a little chunk of time every single day and then over a longer period of time, increase it. So initially you might take 10 minutes after lunch. Every single day you just walk out, five minutes in one direction, five minutes back, done. And then you might start doing it after breakfast and lunch and then after breakfast, lunch and dinner. Once you've managed to get to that point over, I mean, you can take six months to a year to get there. I guarantee you're going to be doing your body a favor this whole time. Well, I think you said in the well, you did say in the article that just ten minutes a day, and you're getting three and a half thousand more minutes of walking than you would otherwise. Yeah, and you know, total up every year, that's quite a lot. Yeah, it's a shit, and it's yeah. more than you were doing before. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's three and a half thousand more than you've done before. <laughs> and yeah. these these ten minute blocks. Um, should you do it in the blocks? Because I know heaps of people are obsessed with their step counters now. Yeah. If someone does, like if they can do 10,000 steps in 10 minutes, if someone does 10,000 steps over the whole day, is that the same thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a step counter is a, prop, a, a yeah, good... Yeah, a step counter is a really good tool set it to, like to 10, promote this. Yeah. Mm. To promote, especially if you... My advice would be, uh, especially in that situation, if you don't know how much to do, Count the steps for 10 minutes. Get the step counter mm. to count how many you do for 10 minutes and then make that your goal for the next month. Yep. You know, So for the next month, I'm going to hit that goal every single day and then do after breakfast and after lunch, count how many steps that was and then that's your goal for the day. So you don't yep. have to start okay. with 10,000 because 10,000, I mean, we I learned the other day, 10,000 is about 6K. Yeah. It's quite a lot, yeah. Yeah, and not everyone has the time to walk 10,000 in one mm. hit, which is exactly what we're trying to avoid, is trying to say to someone, you need to do this much all in one go yeah. every single day. A 6K walk will probably take someone... Hour and a half an hour, at, a, yeah, pace. A, at yeah. a very slow pace, an hour and a half. Mm. Um if I was to say you need to take an hour and a half to walk every single day, most people are going to turn around and tell me to fuck off. Yeah. They don't even have 45 minutes to go to the gym. They certainly don't have an hour and a half to wander around aimlessly. Mm. <laughs> but what they do have time for is potentially that half an hour specifically dedicated to walking where they do 10 minutes after breakfast, 10 minutes after lunch, and 10 minutes after dinner. That's half an hour over the course of the day where they might get in. 5,000 steps, which is better than what you're doing before. And you can build up to that. And then if you're doing that seven days a week and say you do it for 12 months, right? 
I mean, you don't have to start going to the gym if you don't want to. You don't ever have to start going to the gym if that's an environment you don't like. Um, a lot of people go, oh, and then I should start running. You don't have to start running either. Mm. I even say in the article that running has an injury rate of 20 to 70%, and that's a broad range, but you have a, a minimum of a 20% chance injuring yourself running you know, every time you go for a run, whereas walking has an injury rate of 1% to 5% and has not uh, the same benefits, but very similar. Mm. In fact, walking uphill is the same as, you know, uh, has the same effect on your uh, cardiovascular system as as running at a relatively slow pace on a flat surface. So um, if you throw a few walk, uh, hills into your walk, you might as well just not run mm. if you don't like running. You know what I mean? I'm not saying don't run. I'm certainly not saying running isn't better than walking for your cardiovascular system because in certain situations it is. But if you are gen pop, uh, if you don't like the idea of exercising, you don't like the idea of being sore, uh, you don't like the gym environment, walking is an, a viable alternative, especially going back to where I was headed uh, just before, especially if you do this consistently seven days a week for 12 months, while you're walking, you're teaching your brain, you're slowly rewiring it to say, I do have time for this. Yeah. And this is good for me and I feel better about it. Mm. So you're, you're reframing that relationship that you previously had with exercise where exercise was one of those horrible, sweaty, painful, uncomfortable things. Now, when somebody says, do you exercise? You go, yeah, yeah, I go for walks three mm. times a day. Mm. And they say, oh, no, that's not real exercise. You go, well, I do it. I do it more than you probably spend time in the gym for the average person. Mm. You know, I might not look amazing in the mirror after six weeks of doing it, but it's having an effect on your blood pressure, your heart rate, mm. uh, your ability to sleep better. You know, it's, it is extending your life. And as long as you do what's called progressive overload, it's going to continue to have those effects for the rest of your life. So if all you do is walk... 30 minutes a day for 12 months, you've ticked box number one where you've reframed exercise in your own brain. You've you've said to yourself, I do have time for this. I value the benefits that it's going to give me and I'm able to do it regularly. From that point, maybe because you've changed your relationship with exercise, you could look at doing something different. Maybe at that point, after a long enough time where you've said, I do have 30 minutes a day that I can spend on this shit, maybe you want to try the gym mm. and you can slot that in in those 30 minute blocks three times a week. So you can take that time that you would normally have walked and you can change it to 30 minutes of the gym, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm. And you know, you can make that time because you've proven to yourself, you do have the time to switch around in your day. Okay. You've proven that you, if you take it slow and do the right things, your body is not going to protest too much and you're doing what's known as progressive overload. So that's the next topic that I sort of want to cover and that's what's in the article is you do need to start small but it does need to yeah and you mentioned before hills yeah. yeah hills are probably the if you maintain just walking hills are probably the simplest besides just walking faster yes is hills they are probably the best example of a efficient progressive overload yeah and um, I mean I really like walking and um, and I specifically had a look on Google Maps which anyone can use these days for like a route around my house where I'm doing like um, 
you know, if I've got the time on Saturday or Sunday or something, I can do like a 5K little loop. I mm. mean, you guys know we all walked it together. Mm. Um, and it's got a couple of good hills in there Yeah, that are about the halfway point. So <laughs> whether I do them or not, I've got to cover the same fucking distance yeah, getting sucks. there and yeah. back. But it's one of those things where, and we've even got like a couple of little walking routes where one of them's more hilly than the other. So we can make that decision where we go, okay, I'm already out on my walk. I'm doing this. I'm going to be out here for the next half an hour, but I can still make the choice halfway through saying, oh, do I want to do the hills or not? You know, if you're choosing between doing the hills or not doing the hills on your walk, but you're still out on the walk, you're doing better than all of those people, including yourself, who previously said, I'm not going to go for the walk in the first place. So it's like Dan said, there are some very easy methods that you can use to create this progressive overload. Even Nathan mentioned it before where, you know, you might want to build up to 10,000 steps, but you start with how many steps do I do in 10 minutes? Mm. And you count that on your Apple Watch or whatever. Everyone's got smartwatches these days. And if you don't, I'm sure your phone is capable phone is of doing it. Or in your head like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't count that whole. <laughs> um, yeah, and you write that down, whatever it might be. Maybe it's uh, 2,000 steps in 10 minutes or, yeah, whatever. Well, let's go with 2,000. You know, that's going to be my goal for the next four weeks. Mm. Every single day, I'm going to do 2,000 steps. And then the four weeks after that, you do 3,000 and then 4,000, 5,000, 6,000. Eventually you're, you've hit 12 months, you know, it's only 12 times through and you're getting closer and closer to say that 10,000 step goal, which is they've said 10,000 steps during the day is, uh, yeah. you know, quite a good amount for a healthy mm. person, you know? So, and that's just on the walk you're doing. I mean, we're adding this to all the walking you're already doing through your day, you know, which is, that's a key thing that I definitely emphasize in the article you can't just count the stuff you're already doing. It, if you're already walking from the train station home, mm. you need to walk 10 more minutes. Yeah, you okay. know? And one of my solutions for that was, um, let's say you're already getting off the train and walking home and that's a 20-minute walk, but the previous train station stops 20 minutes before that get off at the previous station and walk an extra yeah, 20 minutes, okay. you know? So that might be your solution rather than doing it after lunch or something. Your solution might be, I'm going to consciously get off one stop earlier and just walk a little bit further. Um, which I is, guess it'll be the same with the step counter as well. You need to know how many steps you usually do in a day yeah. and then put the yeah. 2,000 on top of that. And that's exactly... I mean, yeah. you should be able to see on your step counter if you're using it already, you know, you already hit a ballpark figure for most, most days. Then go for your 10-minute walk rather than counting them to begin with and say, I'm going to hit this amount. Mm. Go for your 10-minute walk on top of what you would already be doing. See how many more it adds make that your new goal, yeah. you know? Um, and then over time, obviously, you're adding a little bit more every month or every six weeks or something. But you have to gradually, or like Dan said, add a hill, you know? Maybe yeah. you've still only got the time to do three walks, three 10-minute walks a day, but you find a route that specifically has quite a steep uphill and downhill slope on it. That's always going to be a better option than just walking on the flat, mm. you know, because your body is very good at adapting to this sort of stuff. Um, and it will adapt to that extra workload quite quickly. So you need to find ways to sort of trick it without putting yourself in the position where you're just not going to do it, you know. Yeah. And the reason why um, 
step counting is efficient it's because yeah. it basically places a metric on what you achieved yeah um, and people like to see th- what they've done and, and usually numbers are very usually you, way to do you that. win like little trophies and shit well yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so like they a can game it's a like game you know yeah. everyone that wants that little dopamine hit yeah. and that's a big part of um, exercise in itself mm. is you will naturally feel better after this walk mm. uh, because of the chemicals your brain's releasing but if you're also attaching it to an external reward system yeah Whereas, I mean, the reward system should not be a fucking donut, right? You shouldn't no. get back from your 10-minute walk and go, mm, Fuck yeah. yes, I I've this. earned this. I well, I mean, I've been like, on what, our heavy days, I'm like, if I get this heavy bench, I get a pizza tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I missed it and still, and still get it. <laughs> well, that's a great example of why that kind of reward doesn't work. Well, there you go. That was the purpose of me doing that. But um, it's, not a, it's not a terrible thing to bring up because... Uh, you can use that kind of ex- extrinsic reward. Mm. Well, people as react differently. Yeah, people have different motivations. But you um, have to be able to justify it. Oh, right? absolutely. So, yeah. like, you're not going for a, a five minute walk and then getting a pizza. You're doing a very intense weightlifting session that you're going to make it even harder on yourself. You're going, oh, I'm going to bench even more than I've ever benched before mm. on top of all this other exercise that I'm now doing. Then I get my pizza. That there you can sort of justify. And if you're only doing it once a week, which we only bench heavy once a week, so chances are you're probably only having one pizza a week. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Let's go with that. And then it is okay. You know, I'm never going to say stop eating pizza or, you know, I'm. it's it's never a good idea to tell yourself this is bad. I'm not allowed to do that anymore mm. because as soon as you... You'll want to do it. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> Don't right. Tell me how to live my life. Yeah, yeah. Cold, cold turkey is very difficult for most people to do when it comes to trying to break addictions. And what we're doing with this walking stuff is breaking your addiction. It's your addiction to not exercising. It's mm. the it's the addiction that a person develops to just sitting on the couch instead or saying, no, I don't have the time. You know, that is an addiction that makes you feel good because it is instant reward, you know. You feel good about sitting on the couch. You feel good about having that shitty food or whatever it might be, whereas the alternative is not doing that or going for the walk and maybe you feel a little bit shittier during Mm. the walk. And we're creatures of habit too. If your habit is to sit on the couch after work every day um, and you see that as your, it's like, well, one, it's, that kind of yeah, relaxation, this is my safe relaxation yeah. place and it's just what I do every day. Yeah. You're kind of threatening two things by trying to change that's that exactly that right. your brain doesn't necessarily like. Yeah. So that's what makes it so difficult initially and that's why you want to make it as easy as possible, well, yeah. you know, um, relatively easy yeah. to begin with. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing is trying to present this in a way that it seems very achievable. Mm. But it also rewires those bits of your brain that are going, no, I this is my safe place. Mm. I like sitting on the couch. I like being on Facebook or Instagram or I like just watching TV after work. Um, but in the... So this article has two parts. Uh, there's the first part, which sort of just sets the, sets the tone and says, you know, this is the stuff you should be doing and this is the benefit it has. Uh, the second one is more about where to go from there. Uh, so... We've talked a lot about progressive overload and it is one of the most important parts of uh, building into uh, regular exercise, but it doesn't have to happen over the course of six weeks, right? Mm. 
like I said before, you can take 12 months to go from walking 10 minutes a day to walking 30 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, there's nobody that says you have to reach 10,000 steps within the first week. You know, there's nobody that's sitting there going, you must do it unless your doctor is saying, you know, yeah. you might die if you don't. Yeah. But there's... There's nobody that's going to turn around, and if they do, they're fuckwits, but there's nobody that's going to turn around and say, you have to be at this point by this time or you're not good enough because the alternative is you not doing anything at all. You know, we're, we're trying to contrast the situation where you have a shorter life and you develop health issues and your immune system's fucked compared to you building a habit of doing something that's going to make your life longer. It's going to allow you to play with your kids. It's going to keep you out of the doctors and keep you out of pain. So there's no um, there's no pressure to be at a certain point by anything by any particular point in time, as long as you are consistent. Mm. So the key thing here is seven days a fucking week. I mm. I don't subscribe to this three days a week of F forty five. I don't subscribe to these programs that say, uh, you know, for a very beginner, you should be doing five days split, you know, chest upper lower split and a, and two rest days sprinkled in between. If you don't know how to exercise properly, if you don't know, or if you're one of the people that makes the time excuse or says, no, I, I hurt too much, or, I, you know, you're one of those people that just knows that you would rather sit at home than go to the gym then you really need to be doing something seven days a week. But that thing that you do seven days a week should only be 10 fucking minutes long. Yeah. You know, because we're not right, right at the beginning, we're not fighting your body. We're fighting your brain. Mm. And your brain's the one that's telling you you'd rather sit at home. Yeah. And that's why instead of trying to, you know, when you join, say, a gym or a six week pro, 12 yeah. week um, challenge, it's like, 5.30 a.m. Monday morning, yeah. see you to get brutalized for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, no wonder no one wants to fucking I'm not going to fucking show up to that. that. Yeah. yeah, they might finish the six weeks or whatever, but they like, never fucking doing that well, again. Well, and that's, yeah. that's um, kind of an integral issue with those things. It's a lot of yo-yo dieting and yo-yo yeah. exercise. Um, you know, you get fit, you might improve for 12 weeks, and then you just go straight back to your normal ways. Yeah. Or get worse. Yeah. Or get worse, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what the 10 minutes, if it's just 10 minutes for a whole year, it's... You know, you don't have to go and get brutalized by a PT no. yelling at you for 45 minutes at some ungodly hour of the morning. Yeah. Just after lunch, just go for a 10-minute walk. Yeah. yeah. Five minutes up the road, five minutes back. Yeah. yeah, and five minutes isn't a long time. You know, it it it's basically just another coffee run. Mm. Or, you know, another way, another good way to do it is um, buddy up with the resident smoker in your office, <laughs> right? Find them because they exist. And every time they go for a day break, walk five minutes just walk out with them outside and they can even be smoking and they can come with you if you want because and you just walk one direction until they finish their cigarette and then you walk back you're getting more exercise and all you're doing is going on a cigarette break they can't hate you for that surely the, well, the, the cigarette smoker just is. don't take up the actual yeah smoking. don't take up smoking and probably stand far enough away that you're not inhaling their <laughs> yeah. secondhand smoke and that's the whole you know time. not everyone can do that because if you go oh, i'm gonna go and smoke break, like, but you don't smoke well yeah but i, no, still I want, do now i still want yeah, to have the walk they do yeah <laughs> like, and it's not gonna fly at most places yeah. i think but you know that's why lunch break five minutes up and down is much more achievable for everyone although when i um when i worked in an office they were quite understanding of uh you know workplace health and safety does have a uh a fitness aspect to well, it you would get like water or something 
Yeah, you so walk to the you know, kitchen, yeah. yeah, and you can um, you can even do that. Like your employer is going to find it very difficult to argue with you having a better attention span, being mm. more focused, sleeping better, just being uh, more attentive during your job. And these are all side effects of taking the 10-minute break every hour. You know, it's, it can be as much as that. But if you only have the time to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then go for it. But if you can swing it with your boss where you say, and this is something that they should be supportive. If you don't support this and you're an employer in the office, in any kind of office environment, you're a fucking idiot because you're basically asking your office drones to be less productive, Right, because there is proven science that says that if these people take a 10-minute break every hour, they will produce more work for you, you know, because they're going to work harder for that 50-minute block because they know they have something at the end of it that they need to go and do. And on top of that, their exercise is basically refreshing their brain. They're getting up, they're getting fresh air, they're coming back in, and they're less tired than they were before. You know, it's like having fucking six more coffees a day. So as an employer, if you're listening to this and you go, oh, yeah, I run an office and fuck those guys. They can't go for their 10 minutes of walking. Mm, I need the work out of them. Yeah, then fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, uh, you should treat it as one of those things where you, you know, talk to your boss about it because, I mean, it's better to keep them in the loop or whatever. And say, you know, every 50 minutes for the sake of my posture and my you know, overall health and well-being. I'm going to walk five minutes outside and five minutes back. I guarantee you, they're not going to see that as a big deal. And you go, oh, ten minutes. No, don't worry about it. Go for it. That's fine. For most jobs, obviously, if your boss is unreasonable, then you're going to have to figure yeah, out ways around that. Quit your job. They yeah. do. They do <laughs> exist. And I'm not saying we live in a perfect world, but don't let your boss be the reason you don't do this. You know, find ways to. You can find ways to justify it. I mean, fuck it. You could even say every hour you're going to be the person that does the coffee run for the office so or every two hours or whatever it's like eight coffees yeah that's why i said two hours (laughs) (laughs) but you know your boss is going to find it very hard to tell you you can't go for a 10 minute walk if you're bringing them back a fucking chai latte every time you (laughs) You may send yourself broke (laughs) well no you take the card (laughs) or ideally you take the work card yeah um but yeah you know you can use these little excuses or whatever like you can find a way. I guarantee it's not impossible to get out for a 10-minute walk fucking three to five times a day, you know, because we're building up to that, right? Mm. And on top of that, there is there is one more bonus that all of this walking gives you, and that's 30 minutes to do that thing you've always wanted to do. Mm. And I, yeah. I pitched this to my mum once a while ago. I went yeah. for a walk with her and I said, um, I think she said she was yeah having trouble like, because she's always been a walker. Yeah. She's always done. It's always like, yeah, I'm going to go for a walk as kids. I always remember it. Yeah. And um, she was saying, yeah, I've just been um, having trouble like going for my walks lately. And because yeah. um, her mindset was, yeah, I need to go for a walk to stay fit. Mm. I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, you listen to podcasts and stuff, don't you? And podcasts is probably the best example of yeah. this. And in the article it definitely says that you could be listening to this one while you're walking Ooh, yeah really? mum yeah <laughs> <laughs> support the business <laughs> um and it's you think of it as an opportunity to get away from everything or everyone or whatever yeah. and do listen to or do something you enjoy which yeah. you know if you like listening to podcasts or youtube you can listen to youtube or watch it i guess if you want to hold your phone yeah. 
um, listen to audio books. Like there's a lot of things you can do. And if, it, if it's just 10 minutes, you know, that's 10 minutes. You otherwise wouldn't do that thing. Yeah. Um, or if it's, you know, the more you do it, you know, the more opportunity you have to just do this thing that, yeah. um, so you can start to look at those instead of, oh, I got to walk for 10 minutes. Like, oh, now I can go and listen to my, yeah. my book or my podcast or whatever for 10 minutes. Um, yeah, well, apparently that's part of the addiction of smoking as well is you not only the addictive cigarettes, the but <laughs> yeah, you get to, if you hate your job, you get to just leave for 10 minutes yeah. and that like reinforces like a positive yeah. mental attitude towards smoking. Yeah. And people say, oh no, smoking reduces my stress. Smoking does not reduce <laughs> stress. In fact, the biological response cigarettes yeah. producing your body is increased it's a rush, stress. Yeah. yeah, it's actually it's, uh, it's just you know, that basically an accelerant for mm. everything in your brain. It's just that you're stepping away from it. Yeah, minutes. that's exactly right. You get your little break. Now, the walk is exactly the same, except on the flip side, it's actually making you more yeah. healthy, not mm. killing you. <laughs> so, I mean, it should it makes sense that you you should pick the walk over the cigarette. But like Dan was saying. You know, you've got, if you do it three times a day, that's an extra 30 minutes that you get to listen to the podcast, to listen to an audio book. I mean, we live in a, a time now where we are extremely lucky in the sense that most of the information that we have access to or we can consume can be read to us. Mm. You know, even if it's a case of, uh, you know, highlighting a body of text and have speech to text read it out to you. You know, you could basically have any article online read to you by the Google voice if you wanted to. And that extends to, say, you're a university student and you've got a lot of assigned reading to do and you just go, oh, no, I can't possibly go and do my walk because I've got all these fucking books to read. Well, just have somebody read you those books while you go out mm. and stay healthy. You know, because the bonus of that is while you're walking, you're actually in taking in more information because your body is in an active state rather than a resting state. So you're not switching off as much, you know, your body is tuned to take in information. And if it's just being spoon fed into your ears, then it's, you're going to absorb the same, if not more mm. as if you were sitting in your bed or on the couch or whatever, trying to read black on white words. And a lot of people, I mean, like, you know, you don't, you don't like reading. You don't enjoy it that much at all. Mm. Um, and like Dan was saying, you could have YouTube on your phone. Netflix has an app on your phone. I mean, there's a million and one fucking things that you have on your phone, Spotify. If you just want to listen to some good music for a little bit that you didn't, you don't get the chance to, mm. You can basically plug yourself into this thing, go for a walk, and there's 30 minutes of your day that's filled with learning something new, um, refreshing stuff that you have forgotten about. Um, I mean, realistically, you could spend the whole time writing messages to family and friends that you don't connect with that much. It could be taken as an opportunity to touch base with people that you don't find the time normally to do, or you could make it your time where you read your work emails you know mm. there's there's nothing that's stopping you from using that time just as productively as anything else so it can be a break or it can be turned into this extra productivity time you know so the option is there for you the only thing that's stopping you is the fact that you know you're making that excuse like oh no i don't possibly have the time the time is there i guarantee it you know everybody has the time and it can be used in a way that adds to your day rather than detracts from it uh, so if you haven't you know already jumped on and and had a read uh, the 
two parts to the article are on www.anviltd.com. They're both called Learn to Walk Before You Run and Then Just Walk Again uh, because fuck running, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my knees. <laughs> and, um, and walking is a great way to turn exercise from this like horrible thing that you're uncomfortable doing, you don't like it, into this thing that you look forward to. Every single mm. day you wake up and you go fuck, I cannot wait for my walk today mm. because I found that latest podcast. It's been released by Anvil TD and I just really want to fucking <laughs> listen to these guys talk shit for the hard an way. hour. The hard way. Um, and at the end of the day, what does it all add, add up to? You know, if you're walking for 10 minutes a day after lunch, seven days a week, that's 70 minutes a week mm. that you weren't doing before. That's 3,640 more minutes a year you're spending not only living healthier, doing something for your kids and you and your fucking doctor, but you're also learning during that time or being productive or doing your fucking work life a favor, having that little break that you need so they don't snap at your coworker or you're able to take that breath before going into that big meeting or whatever. So you can look at it as that, you know, it's over 10,000 uh, minutes a fucking year if you do it three times a day, mm. you know, and how many books are you reading on average now, you know, or how much in or how much educational or, uh, you know, productive content are you consuming compared to things like Instagram and Facebook mm. and, and the bullshit? You could be spending that extra 10,000 minutes learning something new. Maybe it's a new language. Maybe it's just that sick Anvil podcast yeah, that's the, coming the, out this week. The hard way. <laughs> like subscribe comment <laughs> and <laughs> after 12 months or after two years or maybe even after six weeks you go okay i can see that i have the time to exercise now maybe i do want to try that thing at the gym mm. or maybe i do and if it doesn't work you don't just call it quits on exercise you just go back to walking mm. until you find the next thing that you want to try and then the next thing but if all else fails, you can fall back on the old Shoelace Express. Yeah, the most basic human movement out there. Yeah, and try and hit those 10,000 steps a day. Uh, apart from that, I wish everyone luck. Yeah. Do God, it. Godspeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This has been... Wrap it up. Yeah. Anvil TD. Yeah, thanks. The Hard Way. The Hard Way, Anvil TD podcast. We'll have this episode up on YouTube as well. Our channel is... Anvil Training and Development, and we'll also have the link to the uh, articles in the description of this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good day. Anvil out. Anvil out. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Hard Way with Anvil T&D. This is all made possible by listeners like you, so thank you for your support. If you enjoyed this one, hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show. Make sure to visit our website, www.anviltd.com, and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And remember, train smart, train hard.